0: Hey there, it's Noelle. My friend and yours, Sam Sanders, is the host of Vox's Into It. And on a recent episode, Sam asked a question that I think about not infrequently
1: this time of year. So it's Oscar season, and we've been wondering why blockbusters don't win Academy Awards. I saw Avatar, SeaWorld, along with a billion other people. And while audience enthusiasm doesn't make a great movie, it doesn't make a movie not great, right? Anyway, here's Sam with an honest attempt to answer the question.
0: Today, we're going to look back and talk about the Oscars' complicated relationship with the blockbuster. To start, let's go to SNL. It's time for the big Hollywood quiz. Here's your host, Jack Del Mar. <laughs> there was this SNL skit from a few weeks ago. Bowen Yang plays the host of this, like, daytime TV quiz show. And Bowen's character gets to this question in the sketch that perfectly captures a problem the Oscars have had to deal with for a while. Great, these are all about awards sticking with the 2020s. This film, written and directed by Sarah Polly, has been nominated for Best Picture this year. No one? I'll give you a hint, it has an all-female cast featuring Oscar winner Frances McDormand. No one can answer the question. 80 for Brady. No. Anyone else?
1: Uh, Can you give us a hint?
0: It's Women Talking. Be more specific. (laughs) No, that's the title, Women Talking. It's a wonderful film. Do you all watch TV? And I mean, it's funny, but also it's true. I mean, I only know that women talking exists because I live in Los Angeles and cover the entertainment industry for a living. The Oscars have gotten flack for this for some time now seems like every year they nominate a bunch of movies for best picture that very few people have actually seen. And I mean, sometimes blockbusters do get a best picture nomination. Top Gun Maverick and Avatar this year, the first Black Panther a few years ago. But even when those blockbusters get a best picture nomination, they rarely win. I want to talk about this, how it happened, why it happens, And whether this phenomenon is good or bad for the Oscars, for filmmakers, for us.
1: So I called up Joe Reed. I am the co-host of the This Head Oscar Buzz podcast. I'm a contributor to Vulture's movie awards coverage. And I am a senior writer at primetimer.com. All right, the
0: Oscars are this weekend... And usually, Joe, I'm quite bad at making Oscar predictions. Like, I don't even fill out the little forms when I go to watch it with friends. I don't do it because I'm bad at it. But this year, I can, I think, based on historical data, make one prediction and put a lot of money on it. Here it is. Tell me what you think. All right. I think Top Gun Maverick will not win Best Picture this Sunday, in part because of how successful this film has been at the box office. Do you support this wager?
1: I support this wager. I think this wager will get you uh, a return on it. You will you will get your money back and then some. I The rationale behind it makes me want to sort of like pipe up and quibble a little bit just because I do think there's this sense of, and you've heard it echoed in, from a lot of people, including uh, upcoming Oscar host Jimmy Kimmel, uh, this idea that the Oscars are somewhat sort of hostile to movies that are popular that are sort of broadly popular.
0: This is a night for positivity and our plan is to shine a light on a group of outstanding and inspiring films each and every one of which got crushed by Black Panther this weekend.
1: I think there's there is some as with a lot of these sort of notions that uh, catch on. There's some truth to that and I think it it doesn't go the full way. I think there's a okay. couple there's a couple uh, angles to that. One of which is the notion, like the the kinds of movies that are blockbusters now, is different than what blockbusters were even in like the 80s and 90s. In, the, in oh, yeah. terms of like, I grew up with like Forrest Gump, right.
0: Gladiator, these films that were blockbusters and also Critical Darlings. Yeah. And you know what a
1: blockbuster is now? It's a Marvel movie. That's it's the different. thing. Blockbuster now is. Almost two definitions. A blockbuster is how much money a movie has made, but also a blockbuster is like a genre of movie that is exactly. action blockbuster, right? Big special effects heavy action guns, uh, you know, weaponry superheroes. That's a that's a, a genre type. And that's the thing that has changed because back in the, – the stat that I bring up a lot and the stat that I think a lot of Oscar sort of nerds bring up a lot um, and I think with good reason is 1979. Best picture winner is Kramer versus Kramer. It is a movie about a couple getting divorced and a guy, sort of Dustin Hoffman, coping with the idea of being a single father. You know, I had a lot of time to think about what does it make somebody a good parent. You know, it has to do with constancy. It has to do with with, with patience. It has to do with listening to him. It has to do with pretending to listen to him when you can't even listen anymore. And the winner is Kramer versus Kramer. It was the Oscar winner for Best Picture. It was also the number one movie at the box office in America that year. It I made, had no idea that Kramer versus Kramer was the number one movie exactly, that came out. Exactly, exactly, exactly. $106 million in 1979 money. That's a lot of money. 1988, Dustin Hoffman once again. Apparently America couldn't get enough of Dustin Hoffman. Number one movie in America is Rain Man, which is a movie about an autistic man and his brother sort of taking a cross-country trip.
0: 82, 82, 82. 82, What night? How much is this? And the winner is... Rain Man, Mark Johnson producer.
1: And that makes... $172 million yeah. in 1988 money. And because money. of TBS, and because
0: of TBS, in <laughs> my childhood, I watched that film yes. 27 times. Absolutely. How was it I was always on TBS.
1: Always, yes. A big, uh, big television uh, movie. Uh, speaking Sorry, of Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, our, uh, our our maverick himself. Um And while that was all happening, of course, like, Star Wars was redefining the blockbuster, and all these other, like, action blockbusters are also happening, but the American movie public— would see both, right? They would see the domestic exactly. drama enough to make it over $100 million. They would see the action drama. And then so the Oscars, I think the of the two – It's the American movie-going public whose taste has changed rather than – the Oscars will will still award a domestic drama, will still award a movie about a man taking a cross-country trip with his autistic brother. uh, But they're not blockbusters anymore. Right. The public isn't going to see them in those kind of numbers. So I want
0: to get into the reasons why for that, but I want
1: to first
0: set up this blockbuster conundrum of the Oscars for folks who probably don't think about it, which is most people. Uh, Turns out the Oscars for, gosh – at least a decade, maybe two decades now, have increasingly been nominating movies for best picture that have really, 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 really low box office takes. And then the biggest blockbusters that make the most money are kind of likely to get snubbed. Uh, And it's such a pronounced thing that according to your data, since 1977... Only five movies that led the box office the year of their
1: release also won Best Picture at right. the Oscars. Right. That's wild. What are those he- movies first? it's well uh, Kramer versus Kramer in Rain Man which I mentioned Forrest Gump which you mentioned in 1994 made 329 million dollars domestically Whew. Titanic of course which like set records and and swept the Oscars in 1997 or for 1997 and Lord of the Rings Return of the King which was of course the last of the three Lord of the Rings trilogy that Peter Jackson made uh, in 2003 made 377 the one with like 18, <laughs> 18 endings right exactly it had like exactly. endings
0: god that movie
1: anywho go yes. ahead sorry 10 million dollars for every ending of that movie so it really added up by the end there um, <laughs> and so yes, yeah, so since then you've had some blockbuster like again big action blockbusters that made a ton of money like, like the first Avatar in 2009 right Mad Max Fury Road Black Panther the first Black Panther all Best Picture nominees but they don't win they lose out to smaller movies and it's you see like it's a polarization thing almost right where like the academy as an organization feels this pressure they don't want to be obsolete they don't want to be seen as obsolete and out of touch I think they still want to be seen as I don't think they mind when they're called snobby I think there is something about the well, Oscars they that be snobs. I, I want them to be snobs I think that's why we have the Oscars otherwise we just have a very very long People's Choice Awards and like their taste should be better than my taste. Right. It should be, and and I think part of the reason why we we celebrate when our faves win the Oscar is they've grabbed a little bit of the attention and the respect from this, like, often fusty old, you know organization, and you've you've made them pay attention to you in a little bit. So that's the satisfaction of the Oscars. But I also think, especially when they talk about like TV ratings, they, want, they don't want to get too far away from the kinds of – the at least having some movies on the Best Picture lineup that will draw people in. The common sort of wisdom has been for the longest time, I think since those Titanic Oscars, that the highest rated Oscar ceremonies are the ones where the the box office totals of the Best Picture nominees are higher. And that is a thing that like – Was true, I think, for a time and isn't necessarily true maybe anymore or at least not as true as it used to be. Uh, I think this year will be a very interesting case. Well, this year
0: is interesting because it's like, you know, we talk about how blockbusters don't get enough love from the Oscars in the last several years. But turns out this year they nominate Top Gun Maverick, which made more money than God. Yeah, It seems as if they kind of get it. Or at least
1: they're trying to speak to the problem? Yeah, I think I think the thing is when there is a movie that makes that kind of money, that also gets sort of a minimum level critical support. I think they are very resistant, and I think with probably good reason, to nominating just any old movie just because it's number one at the box office. They've not they don't nominate a Transformers. They don't nominate most of the Marvel movies because I think there is a significant sort of snobbery against them. I think the Black Panther movies have been particularly sort of artistically appreciated in a way that—and culturally appreciated and sort of have that extra X factor to them that the Oscars have responded to them. But in general, like there was that big push last year to get Spider-Man No Way Home nominated. And I kind of knew it was like, they're not going to do that. Like That's not— that's, that's sort of out of their their genre a little bit. And I I don't know if I would want them to. I liked that movie a lot. But, like, I don't know yeah. if I would want them to. And so you get instead a movie like Dune, which was the only Best Picture nominee last year to make significant amounts of money. But it also had – there was like, Denis Villeneuve is a very artistic filmmaker. And he's a very sort of, like, critically embraced filmmaker. So you get that in, uh, uh, as your blockbuster representative a little bit. This year yeah. with Top Gun, though – I think it's interesting because we have evidence of how Top Gun did the first time around at the Oscars, both uh, uh, financially and it won Best Song for Take Take My Breath Away. But it wasn't nominated for Best Picture that year, and it's interesting. So now this year it is. But the ratings for the Oscars for the '86 ceremony are going to end up being like double what the ratings end up being for this year's Oscars. So it's well, the, but that c- but like but but there's like a whole other
0: wrench in that whole thing because like TV ratings yeah. are across the board are totally. down as everyone goes to streaming.
1: So you, right. it's really even hard to have that conversation. But I right. think sometimes you'll get people who want to blame the movies for the reason that the ratings are down, rather than the thing that you just said, which is that like this has been a trend that's been going on for decades that like it's just and yeah. there doesn't seem to be anything you can do to reverse it last year there were I think the Oscars got a little sweaty last year with some of those like fan favorite moments and best blockbuster oh
0: yeah.
1: award and whatever and like that that ended up again 16 yeah. million people watched the Oscars which is more people than watch most things these days but it's still oh, again totally. like it's half the amount of what, of what those ratings were like in the 80s
0: I want to ask, for you, what was the year of Best Picture nominations that were most out of touch with, like, actual box office draws and films people actually watched? Oh, God. Which year had really the nominations that were, like, the most niche WTF, what is this movie situation?
1: I mean, I and I say this as somebody who, like, gravitates to the niche movies anyway, so those tend to be the years where I'm just like, yeah, all right. Um, the... I think back to uh, 96, where, like, that was the story. The story in 96, which was the year that The English Patient won Best Picture, which actually got a lot of, like, pop culture. There was that Seinfeld episode about, like, how much Elaine hated The English Patient. How could you not love that movie? How about it sucked? There's a little bit of, like, resentment to the fact that uh, 96 the nominees were Jerry Maguire was the Hollywood movie and then it was four sort of indie movies it was Secrets and Lies the Michael Lee movie which is great Shine What is Shine? Shine was the movie that Jeffrey Rush won the best actor for We played the pianist who had <laughs> mental health issues Oh
0: the planets mustn't forget the planets of course of course, Mercury and Neptune and so forth oh, the music of the spheres the music with the food of love oh very gastronomical isn't it Gillian oh the food of love it is Gillian oh, oh. what is he like when he gets to know you better
1: oh. nobody remembers of this movie. Most okay. good, good for him, yeah. <laughs> good for him, right? He won Best Actor. He beat Tom Cruise for Jerry Maguire. Uh, probably shouldn't have.
0: Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money!
1: Fargo, though, which was like this tiny little indie movie that has become this like institution, and then The English Patient. That was the big story that year was Hollywood kind of crapped out and the indies came up and sort of took over. And you've seen... And then the very next year was Titanic. So you almost see this pushback from the Oscars Somewhat more recently, the 2008 Oscars, which was the year that Slumdog Millionaire won, was the year where The Reader was nominated and Frost Nixon and Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And what was the fifth nominee? Milk, the Harvey Milk uh, biopic. Let me tell you who
0: watched Frost Nixon. Who? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody.
1: (laughs) When the president does it, that means it's not illegal. That was the year that The Dark Knight and WALL-E were sort of in the conversation. Were shut out. As, and they were shut out. And so the Oscars responded to that by expanding the Best Picture category. And the next year, you did get movies like, obviously, Avatar was that next year, and Up, and Inglorious Bastards, and District 9, the I sort loved of alien that movie. movie. I right. loved that movie. And that was the first time that, like, a Pixar movie got a Best Picture nomination for Up. But it's interesting because so that was – 10 nominees that year, and most of them, like about half of them, right, were $100 million or more. And then the next year was kind of a similar split where you had Toy Story 3 and Inception and True Grit and like movies that you wouldn't necessarily even think of like blockbusters, but like Black Swan made $106 million that year. King's Speech made one hundred and thirty five, million, but reportedly Winter's Bone was one of the other nominees. And reportedly... Just um, bone. <laughs> right, which Winter's made $6.5 $6. million. It was so low rated. <laughs> Who was
0: in that movie?
1: Jennifer was Lawrence. that Jennifer that was, Lawrence? That was the big Jennifer that was Lawrence her- breakthrough oh, movie. Goodness.
0: Now get in there, get them guts out. I don't want
1: to. Sonny, there's a bunch of stuff that you're going to have to get over being scared of. Reportedly, people at the Academy or ABC or one or the other were so... Annoyed that this super low-rated movie that nobody had heard of was a best picture nominee. That the very next year they were like, "It's not going to be ten nominees in best picture. It's going to be eight or nine or whoever." They they like made that very convoluted rule where it That's was like funny. anywhere from five to ten. And reportedly, they were mad that like Ben Affleck's The Town didn't get nominated instead of Winter's Bone um, because they don't think ever they feel were, bad for Ben Affleck. He that, has a exactly. Best Picture Oscar He's, for Argo. He's swimming fine. in Duncan money. He's fine. He's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> probably
0: swimming in Dunkin' Ice Coffee as well also, I wouldn't put it past that as we guy. speak yeah exactly <laughs> I want to ask you yeah so when I think of this phenomenon of the Oscars not really being nice to blockbusters when it comes to Best Picture yeah when would you say that era began is there a start point is there an origin story of
1: this I don't know if there's any one moment because you look back and like the, the traditional sort of Wisdom is that the blockbuster era began with Jaws and Star Wars, which was 75 and 77. Those mm-hmm. movies were both nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Spielberg was snubbed for Best Director for Jaws, and he uh, he's on camera as being incredibly upset about it. Oh, I didn't get it.
0: I didn't get it. I wasn't nominated. Uh, I got beaten out by
1: Fellini. I think it's as blockbusters became more and more sort of saturating the marketplace, you – the fact that like a few of them would bubble up started to seem less and less sufficient for sort of mirroring what the American public's taste seemed to be, right? Where all of a huh. sudden it's like, oh, Wak- or uh, Black Panther in 2018 gets an Oscar nomination as like the one big blockbuster movie. And you're like, yeah, but like there are 25 blockbuster <laughs> movies out there. So people kind of point to it as – the Oscars sort of like holding their nose and picking like one blockbuster a year.
0: Here are the nominees for Best Picture. Black Panther. And the Oscar goes to Green Book. Listen, if I ever see the team behind Green Book in person, <coughs> IRL, in the flesh, it's on site.
1: Do, Do you Do you remember, Sam, that uh, red carpet interview? I think after the fact, it was after that ceremony where Spike Lee was on the red carpet and somebody, uh, it was a British interviewer, asked him what he thought of Green Book. Is there something about Green Book that offends you? This is what I'm trying to get to. Offend? Are you British? Yeah. Are you British? I am.
0: Let me give you a British answer. It was my cup of tea. (laughs) Spike Lee is America's auntie. 100%. 100%. 100%. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) Go ahead.
1: What what were we on? We were talking about, oh, blockbuster era, etc. Back to your thoughts. Sorry about that. Go ahead. As, like, the 90s rolled into the 2000s and CGI-heavy movies sort of started to dominate the top 10, that's when you sort of started to see that, like, the public's taste and the Oscars' taste just, like, really, really started to part ways in a way that isn't great. Like, I wish they were more aligned, too, but I kind of want the public to maybe, like, you know, they'll see the Fable yeah. ones, guys. Like, it's not gonna hurt you. I don't know. <laughs> but how much of this is also
0: all about streaming? You know, yeah. what we've also seen happen in the yeah. last several years is genres that used to be reliable yes. hits in movie theaters yeah. are now strictly for streaming. I'm talking about rom coms. Like, my yes. big fat Greek wedding made like 200 million plus. Yeah. That movie today would go straight to Netflix. Yes. 100%. How much of it is we've seen as streaming has risen? A lot of
1: quote-unquote movies for adults mm-hmm. don't ever even get to theaters anymore. Well, that is part of it, and I, the other part of it is that television, sort of the era of prestige television, whatever, however many scare quotes you want to put around that, I'm you know comfortable with. But this idea that like television has raised the bar in quality in terms of and not only the people behind the camera making it, but also, like, the stars, there is no real division anymore between movie stars and TV stars, right? They sort of free flow. Yeah, Meryl Streep is doing TV. Meryl, right. doing TV. Meryl Sheep's you know? doing TV. TV has movies now. Nicole Kidman apparently only signs on for television shows anymore. She's just like, she's And she's, every
0: show, the wig has to be bigger.
1: <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> That's true. That's um, true. But I think, so because of that, then, that, that itch, that... People used to get scratched by going to, uh, you know, a movie for, uh, you know, a movie for adults in a way that doesn't sound porny, right? You know? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And they they get that itch scratched now by watching The Last of Us or, I mean, yep. Mad Men was, you know, a decade ago. But yeah, like that kind of thing. And yeah. they've almost sort of been trained out of seeing an adult drama at the movie theater. The thing they can't see at home at least first run, is the Marvel movies, right? And the the Top Gun Maverick. And so that's why those are the movies that that draw the big crowds. All right, one more quick break. More with Joe Reed
0: in just a bit. If I were to be mad at somebody for this conundrum, the (laughs) blockbuster Oscar conundrum, should I be mad at Netflix and
1: streaming, should I be mad at the viewing public or should I be mad at Oscar voters? I'll go back and I'll pick out a certain academy president and we'll we'll have you uh direct your anger to them. Not Cheryl Boone Isaacs because she uh <laughs> she tried. She, she, she tried. tried hard she, job. she tried. That woman said dick poop on a on a um a, a, a nomination morning one day and like rolled with that punch and forever she would really? be Wait, uh, really? Yes. Ooh, oh, oh my god. What? Oh. So, is there a YouTube wha- video of this? The 100% is.
0: For achievement in cinematography, the nominees are Emmanuel Lubezki for Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, Robert Yeoman for the Grand Budapest Hotel, Lukasz Yal, and Richard Lenchowski for Ida, Dick Poop, Dick Pope. For Mr. Turner.
1: <laughs> and she was standing right next to Chris Pine in front of God and everybody, and she said it, and she, like, flinched for half a second, and then she moved the heck on, and she was uh, an icon for that one. So, Also, if there's anyone to be standing next to in a moment of crisis
0: like that, it's Chris Pine. Oh, and Chris Pine just...
1: no-sold the hell out of that. Like, his face didn't, didn't move. He was... <laughs> A pro,
0: yeah. That man can be a statue when he needs to be, (laughs) as in the entire press run of Don't Worry Darling. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I digress. I digress. Yep. All right, so then if we don't really get to blame anybody for this conundrum, should I even see it as a problem?
1: Is it bad that the Oscars have a blockbuster problem? Does it matter? I tend to not think so because I don't have to care about TV ratings, like that's not my job. You know what I mean? I am here to – I am somebody who sort of became a fan of the Oscars. The Oscars were, you know, very big with me growing up partly because they introduced me to movies that I didn't really always hear about before, right? So I've always appreciated that aspect of the Oscars, that they did kind of point me past the bigger blockbuster movies. I think that's one of the things that they are very helpful for. I think the part where it becomes a problem – is when you get the idea that this is keeping people from watching the Oscars and sort of making the Oscars obsolete. And I think the solution to this, and this is – I don't know if this is a thing that's going to happen or perhaps not happen anytime soon, is let the Oscars – let that contract with ABC expire. Let the Oscars air on Netflix or some streaming platform where they don't have to worry about ratings or – time breaks, or whatever, or commercial (laughs) breaks. Everybody kind of loved that Screen Actors Guild Awards uh, the other night because they were on YouTube. They didn't have to cut anybody's speeches short. They didn't have to air any commercials. They kind of, you know, were on their own vibe and did their own thing. And they were really fun. And I'm hoping that there is a universe where everybody just sort of accepts the fact that, like, you know, the Oscars are the Oscars and people who love them, are going to keep watching them, and you don't necessarily have to chase people who liked the Flash running through the Speed Force or whatever <laughs> with <laughs> with uh, those special uh, little, you know, hand-holding kind yeah. of moments, I think. Yeah. Well,
0: I also think that, like, the moral of the story of media right now is just, like, monoculture is gone. Yes. Go niche. Yeah. And it's going to be impossible to make a show an award situation, anything that appeals to fans of Marvel films and fans of Art House. And like, it, you can't do it. So it's like, yeah. just pick a lane,
1: you know, pick a lane. And I'll say this. And I this. think it's so. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, no, go, go, go. W- the kind of movie that comes close to bring it back around is Everything Everywhere All at Once. which and they kind of got it right with this. Yeah. They have that kind of, there's that comic booky appeal to it. It's not based on a comic book, but it has that kind of appeal to it. It feels it's very about comic book. Yeah. Multiverses, but it also has that, you know, artistic flair to it and that emotional core to it with that family story. And I think sometimes that is what the Oscars will celebrate is when, and then it also made a ton of money is the other thing. Everything Everywhere All at Once was a big hit. And so the Oscars then will celebrate, I think, when art and commerce kind of come together successfully in a movie like that. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that being like, you can be a blockbuster, but you also have to have an artistic streak in you or else the Oscars aren't going to go for it. And I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah.
0: I feel like we'd be remiss in this conversation to not talk about the time the Oscars tried to solve their blockbuster problem. Mm. They wanted to try an award for, quote, outstanding achievement
1: in popular film. Yeah. What the heck was that all about and did it work? I think it was about that kind of desperation to be able to Put Marvel fans into the, uh, you know, into the audience of the Oscars because that's the biggest s- slice of <laughs> the movie-going audience at this point. I think they really wanted that, and I think it just came across as pandering. Anybody who was a fan of the Oscars didn't like this idea that now they were going to hand a, an Academy Award the same as all the other ones to something that was just called a popular movie. How do, how are we defining popular? Is popular a genre? Is there like a minimum level of box office? Like, what did that even mean? And it just felt very obviously pandering. Yeah. So there was pushback against it, and I think rightly so.
0: In your opinion, what has been the greatest blockbuster best picture snub of oh. all time?
1: Oh, man. And this can be
0: a snub for not being nominated or also a snub for being up for best picture and then not getting that.
1: I really liked Spotlight but it beat Mad Max Fury Road which one was Spotlight Spotlight was the one about the reporters at the Boston Globe who uncovered the church sex scandal let me tell you
0: as a former reporter we don't need no more damn movies about reporters (laughs) we get how it works you call a bunch of people and then you write the story you call a bunch of people and then you write the story off the record off the record yeah
1: Mad Max Fury Road was one yeah. of the best action films of all time. That's the thing. That's the thing. That was and that was the movie of that year. When you look at like what was, you know, what's the movie you remember when you look back at twenty fifteen? It was Mad Max Fury Road. Like that was I watched Fury Road once a year just to like get back in that space. It's just so to beautiful. fire yourself so up good. for the next uh, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that one. Okay. My colleague Travis is saying, speaking of blockbusters being snubbed or robbed, E. T. was robbed.
1: Yes. Got beat by Gandhi. That's a big one. That's well. That was the thing with Spielberg too for a while. Is he kept getting these Best Picture nominations for Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jaws and ET, and he kept getting beat for Best Picture right. by Oh
0: my God, yeah, by,
1: by these other movies. Can I make a,
0: Can I make a bold statement right here? Make it. Steven Spielberg is to the Oscars what Beyonce is to the
1: Grammys. I've had this conversation with other people. <gasps> I have Ooh, I wanna friend. have it with them too. Huh. Shout out shout out to my friend Katie Rich at Vanity Fair because we have this conversation that like Steven Spielberg is weirdly underrated at the Oscars for a guy who has two best director awards. He's he's strangely he's snubbed way more often than he's awarded, and and he's definitely delivered enough uh well, yeah. fantastic movies that he should be more honored than he is. This is a lovely way to end the conversation. All conversations Speaking should lead of, to Beyonce, yes. Joe,
0: thank you for this chat. All right. Please come back again soon and talk movies with me. This was delightful. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Sam. Thanks again to Joe Reed. You can read Joe's cheat sheet on how to gossip at this year's Oscars over at Vulture. While you're there, also check out the winners of Vulture's first ever stunt awards. There's no Oscar for best stunts, so Vulture had to do it.